Welcome to the Rocky Messages Podcast. Rocky is a community of believers that want to know Jesus and love like him. If there's something today you'd like to hear more about, make sure to listen to our weekly podcast called Rocky Unscripted. This is where we take Sunday topics and go even further with conversation, research, and study. But for now, let's take a listen to this week's message. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, everybody clap. You made the church on time this morning. Good job. Uh, my kids are older now, but I do feel for you who have uh, younger kids, man, th- I hated this day, you know what I'm saying? Uh, because they don't get the idea of how uh, time works. And so, but anyways, you made it. We're glad you're here. Niwa campus, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Everybody who's uh, at home checking out uh, us online, thanks uh, for giving us an hour of your Sunday. Uh, we are continuing on in a series called Don't Freak Out. We're going to get to that in just a second, but before we do... Uh, If you weren't here last week, you missed, I'm telling you, you missed a great, great, great Sunday. We had some of our friends from Nairobi, Kenya here, uh, Wallace and Mary Kamal, who are executive directors uh, for Missions of Hope International, one of our global partners, uh, and they serve children uh, over in the slums in Nairobi and now really expanding all throughout the country and possibly even some other countries. A lot of exciting things going on. But uh, one of the things that really fuels that organization is child sponsorship, and uh, we've been a uh, sponsoring kids over at a school uh, in, in, a, in the slums called Madoya for uh, many years now. And uh, because we were able to kind of build a, a new school over there, we were able to add on more kids. More kids means more opportunities to sponsor kids. And so if you weren't here last week, one, I want you to go back and listen to the interview uh, that we were able to have with Marion Wallace, Amanda Rohrbaugh, and myself were able to interview them for the service. Uh, but if you missed out last week on possibly jumping in and sponsoring a kiddo, we want to give you another opportunity to be able to do that. So if you have your cell phone, you can take that out. And even right now, you can do this. I, I give you permission. Uh, you can take out your phone. If you text uh, uh, Rocky Impact, all one word, to 97000, you're going to get a link. You click on the link, and then three kids are going to pop up on your screen. Uh, and that means these are kiddos that are still looking for a sponsor. Uh, and uh, for, for about $40 a month, uh, you can jump in, sponsor them, provide them education, health care, uh, food. Uh, so many good things that come from this. It's going to change their life. It's going to change your life. And then here's what I want you to do. I want you to sponsor a kid. And then in the next three to five years, I want you to go on a trip. I want you to go meet that kid. I want you to jump on one of our global trips, go meet them. And again, uh, you will never forget this moment. It is, it is a game changer. It's a life changer. And uh, the beautiful thing is, as followers of Jesus, um, God has allowed us to be able to partner. And we, we, we can't solve everything in the world. But God has allowed us to, to see this thing. And this thing for us is, is Kenya, it's Nairobi, and it's the kids there. And so if you're part of our church, if you're not sponsoring a kiddo, we would love for you to jump in. Now, some of you are like, I hate technology. I get you, all right? I'm, I'm almost there with you. And so uh, we also have uh, cards out in the lobby, both campuses. Uh, there'll be a table out there that have physical paper cards of kids that need to be sponsored as well. And so Uh, I mean, you can just get up and run out there right now. Don't even care, all right? So um, you can go do that, and you can check out those cards out there. I think both campuses, they have a few of those left over from last week. Uh, But I would love for you to jump in and be a part of it. And if you have any questions, feel free to 
to shoulder tap a, a staff out in the lobby, and we would be more than happy uh, to help you. So uh, today, uh, again, we're in this series uh, with, with the title, Don't Freak Out, How to Be Certain in Uncertain Times. And when we were getting ready for this series, kind of planning it out and figuring out each week, um, the phrase, don't freak out, we actually say this in my house sometimes because uh, the, we have a story a couple of years ago uh, when my family and I, we went tent camping. And if you know me, you know I'm not an outdoorsy person. I don't like hiking in the mountains. Um, I, pretty much anything that's green outside, I'm allergic to. Uh, so I'm gonna start sneezing here in a couple of weeks. I just prefer, you know, to stay inside. And so anyways, um, we went tent camping and this was the only second, this is the second time ever that my family and I went tent camping, my, my wife and, and our four girls. And so uh, we get down, we're down in Colorado Springs, we're near Pikes Peak, we, we, we go camping. And um, my, one of my jobs was to set up the tents. And so I'm setting up the tents, we had two tents. And uh, so I was in a tent with two girls, my wife was in a tent with two girls. Uh, and then a couple days into the trip, one afternoon it started raining uh, pretty hard. And so we kind of run back to the tents and and um, I do love this, the idea of like taking naps outside in the woods is fun. It's kind of raining, it's just kind of peaceful and calm. So it's just quiet, you know, you know how it can get in, in the woods like that. And so it's super quiet and, and, um, and so we're laying there and we're about 30 minutes into this rainstorm and I begin to hear some shuffling in the, in the other tent, not my tent, but the other tent. And um, then a little scream, just a little, you can, sense uh, uh, fear. Sometimes you can just feel it like, man, something's not going well. I don't know what it is. And then all of a sudden it's just chaos over in this other tent, just mass screaming. You can hear, like the tent is like shaking, you know, you can hear it shaking. And so, I, you know, we're asking questions. My tent's laughing because we're fine. And so we're trying to figure out what's going on in the other tent. And here's what's going on in the other tent. Is when I was setting up the tents, I, not on purpose, by accident, I put their tent over a, a critter's uh, kind of home, okay? So I, <laughs> nobody told me, I didn't know it, you know what I'm saying? And so what happened is during this rainstorm, this critter begins to like try to come out and the head is popping up into the tent <laughs> and got out of the hole and then is like running underneath the tent between the ground and the tent. And so they are just ecstatic. They're, they're, they don't even know what's going on because we don't spend time in the woods. And so they're like, what is this? What's going on? And Lorelai, who's, who's our 14 year old now, who at the time was like 11 or 12, I'll never forget it. But you know, I'm trying to ask questions and figure out, you know, what do I need to do? And this is what she said, she, and she's screaming. I mean, she's hysterical, her life's about to be over. And she's saying, dad, I'm freaking out over here. And I'll never forget it. I mean, we're trying not to laugh, but we were just laughing. And um, so we say that in our house sometimes, like, you know, I'm freaking out over here because it's just, just one of those moments you never forget. And the reason why she was freaking out, the reason why she was freaking out, one, she was afraid for sure. She didn't know what was going on. She didn't know, she didn't know what animal uh, it was. And um, even when I was kind of working through that story uh, and run through this morning, somebody said, did you move the tent? And I said, no, I didn't move the tent. <laughs> No, left the tent there. Um, so, um, but she was, she was afraid of whatever this animal was, but she was also uncertain. She was uncertain uh, of, of how this was gonna end. I mean, was this animal gonna get in the tent? I mean, and what, was it gonna happen again? I mean, she just was uncertain. She had not been in this situation before. This was all, uh, this was all brand new. And, and here's what we find in the context of life, that when we get ourselves in situations that are uncertain, there is a tendency that we have and it is to freak out. When we become unsure of how this thing is gonna work out, 
we, we, we tend to get a little tense. We tend to become afraid. I mean, some of you are in the midst of those kind of stories right now. You have a financial situation. You have a relationship you're not quite sure. There's job things. I mean, there's all kinds of things in this world that, that show up that you weren't expecting. And because of that, you are a little bit more unsure about how those situations will work out. And when that happens, all of us, all of us, begin to work through this idea of not freaking out. Now, here's the thing. Here's what I know to be true. And here's the cool thing. You don't have to be a Christian to believe what I'm, what I'm about to tell you because this is just life. I mean, this is a law of life. And here's what I know. There's one thing uh, that you can always be certain about. Here's one thing you can always be certain about. There's gonna be moments in your life. It, it just might be every single day, but I'll just say there's seasons of life, but all of us have this in common. You can be certain that there will be days that will be uncertain. That if you're alive, if you're going to be alive for any amount of time on this planet, here's what I know. You can be certain. You can be certain. There will be days, there will be situations, there will be stories, there will be moments that will cause you to be uncertain. And here's what I think. That sometimes because of, you know, because of where we live and how much money we have, we tend not to really interact with that as much as the rest of the world. But I'm just telling you, there will be moments that you will be uncertain. And you can be certain of it. And so it would be wise for us, especially as followers of Jesus, to go, hey, uh, how, how do we be certain about some things? Living in an uncertain world filled with uncertain situations and stories. And it just seems, you know, when you get into the scriptures, it just seems that God says, listen, if, especially if you're followers of him, you you don't have to live your life afraid. You don't have to live being in this uncertain world, living in an uncertain way. He actually says, no, 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 there's something totally different. And here's also something to think about. If you're a follower of Jesus, John talked about this in week one. I mean, our faith was started. The groundswell of Christianity is right in the middle of a very uncertain story happening in uncertain times. I mean, if you were there 2,000 years ago, we, we get amped up for Easter now because we know how the story ends. Jesus comes back from the dead. Well, it's really easy to get excited about that, but imagine if you were there when he died. The amount of uncertainty that those early disciples went through is pretty incredible. And if you were there, and I'm sure the disciples who were there were going, God, why? What are you doing? This is so crazy. This was unexpected. I don't feel good about this. I thought you were fill in the blank. I thought you were all powerful. I thought you cared about me and I don't even know where you are. And God would look at you and he would say, shut your mouth. I'm about to do some of my greatest work. And you know this, God does some of his best stuff in the midst of uncertainty. I mean, think about your story. Think about the moments of your faith that you grew, that you became more like Jesus. Did it happen during a certain time or uncertain time? It's the moments of life and we don't know how it's going to go. We don't know how it's going to turn out, but the beauty of faith is we keep moving forward. We trust in God. And it's in those uncertain times God does some of his best work. Now, here's the thing. If you want to become more like Jesus in this world and you're going to live in an uncertain world, there is something that will keep you from experiencing God's best. And it's fear. Fear will keep you from, from thriving 
in uncertain times and in an uncertain world. You know, it's interesting. When you kind of go through not just the New Testament, but even the Old Testament, and even the, some of the most popular verses in Christianity, uh, they have to do with this topic of fear. I mean, just look at this. Some of you have memorized these verses. Joshua 1, chapter 9, Old Testament verse says this. I have, not, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Look at this. Do not be afraid. Translation, don't freak out. You've been called to be strong and courageous, so don't be afraid. Don't even be discouraged. Don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And these are verses we memorize, and, and then we enter into uncertain times, and we freak out because we don't know how it's going to turn out. Prophet Isaiah chapter 43 says this, do not fear. Translation, don't freak out. Do not fear, for I, talking about God, have redeemed you. He's talking to the nation of Israel, I, I have summoned you by name and you are mine. Then you get into the New Testament, Jesus. I mean, this is one of his favorite topics. John chapter 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. I have something different. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And look at this. Do not be afraid. Don't freak out. You can be certain on certain times. You, you don't have to live with fear and anxiety and worry. I mean, just I'm telling you, when you go through the New Testament, when you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll see Jesus teaching this over and over and over again. It's one of his favorite lessons that he teaches to disciples. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't freak out. Don't worry. Listen, don't be afraid. And the phrase is, is all through the scriptures from beginning to end. I mean, God says to Abraham in the Old Testament several times, do not be afraid. Abraham, don't be afraid. God says to the Israelites through Moses and their incredible journey over so many years, says to Moses, tell the people, do not be afraid. The angel shows up at the beginning of the New Testament to Mary and Joseph, who, who are now all of a sudden you know, expecting to be parents, and they receive the news, and the angel says to them, do not be afraid afraid. Why? Because all of those biblical characters were living in uncertain situations. They didn't know how the story was going to end. And here's the thing. I'll keep it real with you. And are the, you know, the writers of the New Testament do as well. But have you ever thought about how the people in the Bible who were told to not be afraid actually had every reason to be afraid? I mean, you would listen to their story and go, yeah, I'd be freaking out too. You know, I mean, Mary and Joseph, like, we've never, we've never even slept together. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up and says, you're going to have a kid. You might freak out. That's unexpected news. And there would be so many questions of how is this going to work? And, like, we don't, we're not even parents yet. And all of a sudden, we're going to be parenting the son of God. There's some pressure and anxiety and worry. And the angel says, but look, guess what? You don't even have to be afraid. It's okay. You, you don't have to be afraid. There's so many stories. I mean, pick your favorite biblical character. Their story at some point, the reason why their story exists because they went through uncertain times. Being told to leave your homeland without a clear destination like Abraham is, is not exactly calming. It's unnerving. Confronting a powerful ruler before, you know, wandering through the desert like Moses doesn't exactly, you know, sound like job security. It sounds like uncertainty. Facing, you know, public scrutiny as, you know, future parents of the Messiah, the, the Son of God like Mary and Joseph isn't an easy task. It's one that I'm sure could be easily filled with worry and anxiety. 
And the call to fear, the, and, the, and the call to not fear, contrary to what you know, a lot of Christians will say, probably even what a lot of churches will say, um, is not because God, and here's the thing, we talked about this in week two, is not because God will always heal you or protect you from harm. I mean, that's not real life. The, the call not to fear, it doesn't mean if you, if you choose not to be afraid, doesn't mean that life is going to be all kicks and giggles and it's always going to work out how you thought it was going to work out. Listen, uncertainty or difficult times seems to strike without discrimination. We all face it somewhere, somehow. I, listen, I've seen people, I've seen people who love Jesus, who pray for healing for a family member, and that family member will still die from cancer. I've seen families of deep faith. I mean, some of the most difficult moments in my life of being a pastor and being in ministry, I have seen people of deep faith who have had to bury their children. I've seen people praise God for, you know, there's difficulty in the marriage and and they took this hill and praise God and God is redeeming and restoring only to get to a place, you know, eight or 10 or 12 months later where divorce is now in the conversation. I mean, just because we are followers of Jesus and just because we choose to not be afraid, if we could actually choose that, doesn't mean that all of a sudden uncertainty just goes away. These things are very real. They exist. It is not always easy. And given that fearful situations do exist and protection from them, just because you believe in God is not guaranteed, the question this morning would be, well, okay, well, then how do we make sense? How do we make sense of this time, these seasons of uncertainty? And why is God so adamant with us that we avoid fear? Good question. All right, so if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 10. This is one of my favorite stories, you know, in the Bible. It kind of weaves and kind of goes through the, the book of Matthew. But in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus gets his 12 disciples together and he says, I'm paraphrasing, he says something like this. Hey, guys, we've been together for a while. I've been teaching you for a while. And uh, so now it's time to get out there and get some real life experience. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to split up into teams of two. And I'm going to send you out into the real world where it's scary and uncertain. You don't know what's going to happen. But I'm going to send you out there. And you're going to do some things in my name. There's some some things that you need to do, you need to experience. So you're going to go out there. And then he says this. He's giving his pep talk, gets to the end of the pep talk and goes, and I'm going to be sending you out like sheep among wolves. Very encouraging. All right, you, you guys know like what wolves are? Oh, yeah, we know wolves. And he goes, yeah, you're not a wolf. You're a sheep. And so you're going to go out there, and then he doubles down on this, okay? And then he says some things like this. And he goes, some of you, when you go out, you're going to get arrested. Some of you, when you go out, you're going to be beaten. Some of you, when you go out, you're going to make incredible sacrifices for me. And then he gets done with his pep talk, right? He goes, here's the reality of the world. And then he gets done with it, and he goes, but don't be afraid. That's what he says. Don't be afraid. He goes, good luck, boys. Get out there. And they're so confused. They're like, what? What? We thought you were the son of God. I mean, we thought you were going to be with us. And Jesus is just running through all these things. Hey, this is real, real life. These are real stories. And then he told them this. This is Matthew 10, verse 28. He goes, okay, so listen, do not be afraid. Boys, don't be afraid. Well, Jesus, we're kind of afraid because we don't like to get beaten. He goes, I get it. But here's the thing. Don't be afraid. Here's why. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, 
Rather, it's kind of confusing because rather be afraid. And the guys are thinking, I thought you said not to be afraid. I mean, they're just super confused. He goes, rather be afraid of the one. You want to be afraid of something? There is something you should be afraid of. You should be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So Jesus says, look, there are things out there that are scary that can harm your body, but you shouldn't be afraid of those things. If you want to be afraid of something, you should be afraid of someone that can harm the body and the soul. Boys, there's a whole other discussion going on. And it's interesting, the only time that fear is mentioned in a positive way in the scriptures is when it talks about having this, this reverence for God. Any other time fear is mentioned, it is mentioned in a negative way. So Jesus says to his guys, listen, you're not supposed to have any of the wrong kind of fear, but you want a healthy dose of the right kind of fear. And his guys look at him and they go, we don't get it. He goes, yep, I see it. So he goes, verse 29, Jens, let me try to explain this to you. You know, if you're a bird watcher, here you go. He goes, look at this, verse 29. Okay, guys, are not two sparrows who are worth nothing in that culture, they're worth nothing, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Don't birds, don't these birds, they're sold on the cheap, right? They're like, yeah, 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 we get it. And Jesus goes, okay, yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. Okay. Yeah, I guess. Verse 30. And then, and even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Verse 31. Jesus again. So don't be afraid. Guys, you're worth more than birds. And they're listening to this, and it's such a good verse. I mean, if you spend time, you know, reading scriptures, you go read this chapter. But <laughs> these guys are listening, and they're going, okay, so what? What are you saying? So does that mean bad things don't happen to us? No, that doesn't mean that because you just said the birds that you care about, they fall to the ground and die too. Jesus, we're very confused. You keep telling us not to be afraid, but you keep talking about things that make us afraid. And then you say of all the things that we should be afraid of, we should only be afraid of one thing. And the one thing that we should be afraid of has control of all things. And, and, and Jesus keeps working through that. And, and these guys are just going, man, I just don't really know how I feel about that. Man, when I jumped into this whole thing of being a Christian and following you, I, I'll be honest, I didn't, I didn't know getting beat was part of the deal. I didn't know we'd be having bird talks and stuff. Man, I, I, I thought I was getting in on the, the new thing. Like I, I jumped in because I thought I was gonna you know, be rich and powerful and, and you're the king. I mean, you keep talking about the king and your kingdom. I, I didn't know I was gonna have to sacrifice for this. I, I didn't know it was gonna be uns, uncertainty. I was certain that it wouldn't be uncertain. And Jesus is just kind of working through this conversation of fear with his guys. Now, it's interesting. Jesus has been talking about this way before chapter 10. I mean, you can go back to chapter 8, where Jesus is surrounded by a crowd. He's teaching the crowd. He gets tired. And we got another story about this idea of fear. Look at this. Matthew, he tells the story, Matthew chapter 8, because Matthew was literally there. He was there. The guy writing this was there. Matthew 8, verse 23. Again, another, another conversation about this idea about not being afraid. Verse 23. Then he got into the boat, Jesus. Then Jesus got into the boat, and his disciples followed. Good job, disciples. Verse 24. Uncertainty hits. Life hits. The unexpected situation hits. Verse 24. Suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But check this out. Jesus was sleeping. Uh, I'm a deep sleeper. 
Okay, I'm a deep sleeper. Some of you are deep sleepers. Some of you get this. You know, you go to sleep, and if you get you know, woken up in the middle of the night, you can't help out with anything, okay? Um, Jesus is sleeping. The boys are awake. Why? Because they are facing uncertain times and uncertain situation. Just another day for Jesus. Doesn't seem to be concerned about the storm at all. He's passed out in the back of the boat. Keeps going, verse 25. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. And they were screaming. We're going to drown. We're freaking out over here, Jesus, because we're in a boat, and when a boat sinks, people die. So if you could wake up, that would be good. That would be great for us. Chaos is abounding. You can hear the thunder. I mean, there's just waves, and there's wind, and And then verse 26, again, all this is happening. Jesus replies, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Boys, why are you freaking out? We keep having this conversation. I keep telling you, you don't have to freak out over things that just harm the body. And they're going, we just don't get it. We're freaking out, Jesus, because we think we are about to die. I mean, why am I afraid? What a silly question. Because I'm trying not to die. I don't know. what. Why are you not afraid? You can imagine just, you know, this tension. Jesus going, don't freak out. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Then look what happens. Then he, Jesus, got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. And if we were there, I wonder how long it was before somebody said something. It's probably Peter, but I'm just, you know, how long? I mean, just, you thought you were about to die. You have never freaked out like this in your life. And then all of a sudden, this guy who's taking a nap in the back of the boat says a couple of words, and it's quiet. And the men were amazed. And they asked, what kind of man is this? Oh, we get why he wasn't freaking out. Apparently, the wind is his friend. Apparently, this lake belongs to him. Oh, we get now why he wasn't freaking out. What kind of guy is this? That when he talks to the waves, they listen? And, and it's interesting, when Mark is writing this story, another gospel writer, when Mark is writing down this story, it's interesting, he does something here. He, he takes the noun form and the verb form of the Greek word for fear, and he combines them together. He's kind of doing something interesting here, and he writes that after the storm calmed down, I mean, these guys were afraid, they were freaking out, and Jesus talks to the storm, and he says, after the storm is calmed down, the guys on the boat, he, here's how he says it, they feared a great fear. Meaning they were afraid, but then they realized they should be more afraid of something else. See, they were afraid of just something that could harm the body. And all of a sudden they saw a guy who was sleeping in the back of a boat talk to what they were afraid of. And they were kind of, oh, okay, I get it now. I shouldn't be afraid of the wind. I should be afraid of the guy who controls the wind. Wow, who is this guy? <laughs> and if he can do that to the wind, what else can he do? Whew. They feared a great fear, and the disciples begin to learn this lesson. There are things to be afraid of, but there's a whole lot more things to not be afraid of. Because there is something more powerful than whatever the object is that I'm scared of. Jesus says, look, don't fear the person. Don't fear the storm. Don't fear the disease. Don't fear the uncertainty. Boys, don't fear the Romans. 
because all they can do is destroy the body. But instead, fear or have reverence for the one who is God, who controls the destiny of your soul. Great lesson, hard to receive. In this moment, their fear was overcome by a greater fear for a guy. And if you're going to freak out, I mean, Jesus is there and he's going, boys, if you're going to freak out, you should watch this. If you're going to freak out, you should freak out over this. Watch this. And with a few words, he controls the weather. Why is God so adamant for followers of Jesus to avoid fear? Here's why. I think this is the lesson that he wants to keep teaching his guys over and over and over again because these are the guys and the girls who are going to be leading the first church. These are the guys and the girls who are going to be part of the groundswell of this movement that we call Christianity. These were people that were there. They were there when this thing just began. Jesus knew this was going to be a big conversation for, because for this movement to, to keep moving forward for hundreds and thousands, and here we are 2,000 years later, he knew that this movement had to be a movement filled with people, people who were not afraid. For it to keep moving forward, he knew that fear could not exist. So he keeps having this conversation over and over and over again. So why is God so adamant that followers of him choose to live without fear? When fear, when we got to own it, when fear is a natural, you know, human response to uncertainty, when life is scary, it's natural to become fearful. Jesus goes, but listen, we got to talk about it because fear has this incredible power to, to make us behave badly, to slow us down, to stall us out. It has the power to allow worry to come into play in our lives about how to, you know, how's this day going to end and what's going to happen tomorrow. And if you're sitting here and you can't even own that, I don't know where you've been the last two years. You put a little uncertainty in the midst of people that probably have more than what they need, all of a sudden you begin to, to see fear abounding and worry, get to levels you've never seen before. We start acting bad and doing things that don't even make sense. You guys remember this. Some of you still have like a thousand rolls of toilet paper at your house. <laughs> guys, March 5th, 2020. March 5th. News headline. Cops respond to mass panic at California Costco because they ran out of toilet paper. What is that? That's us living in the midst of uncertainty. We're freaking out. We're running to the store to get toilet paper. You, you put fear and uncertainty in the lives of a community, a culture, a nation. We start doing things that don't even really make sense. I mean, really, was that your greatest fear that you wouldn't have something to wipe your butt with? Come on. No, we quickly realized, man, we have a lot less control than we thought we did. Sprinkle a little uncertainty in there. We start grasping for things that we feel like we can control. And we don't know what's going to happen in the world because of this thing called COVID. And we haven't lived through a pandemic, but dang on it, I got toilet paper. And we self-soothe. This is what we do. We self-soothe ourselves. I mean, you just lived probably through the greatest season of uncertainty in your lifetime. And let's just be honest. How do we do? How do we do? 
Why does God want us to avoid fear? Here's why. Because the opposite of fear is love. And if you're a Christian, you got to lean into this. You got to lean in. If you're a Christian, you actually should get excited when it's really uncertain. Because this is where the church can do its best work. This is when God did his best work. When nobody knew how it was going to turn out because you cannot have fear and love. You can't. They cannot coexist in the same space. And you know this if you're a follower of Jesus. John 13, John 15. He's with his, Jesus is with his disciples before he's about to be crucified. He sits down with his guys and he goes, boys, here's the biggest conversation that you're going to have. Remember I've been telling you to not be afraid. Yeah, we got it, we got it. He goes, okay, yeah, right. Because he knows they're all about to run and scatter when he's arrested, tried, found guilty, and crucified. He knows. It's one of the last lessons of fear they're going to go through. But he says, boys, here's the thing. You want to know, listen, you're going to take fear out, but you know what's going to fuel this thing? Love. When the world's freaking out, not you. You're going to choose to love. You're going to serve. You're going to sacrifice. That's what makes you different. And the boys go, okay, yeah, we, we think we got it. Jesus says, listen, you can't love people and be freaking out at the same time. You know what will keep the mission of the church from moving forward? Fear. You know what keeps you from keeping your eyes on people and thinking about serving and loving them? Fear. Fear takes your eyes off of them and takes your eyes on you. And you need toilet paper. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear. If you're a follower of Jesus and dwell by the Holy Spirit, fear does not need to exist. You're different. What's he say but of power? No, you don't have, you don't have fear. You've been given power and of love in a sound mind. What does that mean? When everybody's freaking out, you can see things clearly. Go back to week two. Why? Because your hope is not found in this world. You came to a conclusion a long time ago that life was going to be tough. You just didn't know how it would be tough. But now you know. There are floods, there are earthquakes, there are pandemics, there is disease and sickness. There's people in this world who are filled with hate. We know. But we don't have to freak out. Power and love and sound mind cannot exist in the same space with fear. It is the opposite of fear. 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love. Can't do it. Can't love people and be afraid. But perfect love drives out fear. Interestingly enough, some of the most faith-filled people that I've ever interacted with in my life have faced death head on. They've repped it out over and over and over again. They have been in so many situations where they should be afraid, and yet they chose not to be afraid. They chose to play it differently. And you can see that love is just one of the greatest characteristics of their life. This is why you're here in a church building 2,000 years after Christianity started. Because the boys and girls that were trying to figure out this whole thing of not being afraid, Jesus will be arrested. 
He will be tried and crucified and all of them run. They hide for fear of uncertainty about what may happen to them because they just saw the guy who claimed to be son of God nailed to the cross and now they're thinking that just might happen to me. And none of those guys were excited or willing in the moment to be martyred for that guy. So what happened? In the midst of extreme uncertainty, all of a sudden something became certain and they go back. You just got to think the disciples in that room, when they see Jesus come back from the dead, I wonder if something just clicks and they go, oh, we get it now. Oh, we get it now. You know, Peter's there like, boys, you remember when we were in the boat that one day? Which time? Okay, the one time when we thought we were going to die. Which time? Okay, it was the one where Jesus was sleeping. Oh yeah, I remember that time. We were freaking out. Yeah, we were. We were really freaking out over there. Yeah, because we thought we were going to die and we were scared of dying. And then Jesus, we woke him up and with two words, he calmed the sea and the storm. And, and, then, and then he said that thing. Remember what he said? He said, listen, if you're going to be afraid of something, you shouldn't fear the things that can only harm the body, but you should be afraid. You should have reverence for the one who has control over all those things and your soul. Here he was, listen, we didn't know at the time, but he was preparing us for this moment because we just saw him die and we all freaked out again. And then he came back from the dead. Boys, we don't have to be uncertain about all these things in life because we can be certain about one thing. Here it is. Jesus is who he says he is. So who cares if we get beaten? Who cares if we're martyred for the faith? Who cares if we don't know what comes tomorrow? We just saw a dead guy come back from the dead. We're just going to go with him. And wouldn't you know it that all those disciples except for one will be murdered for their faith? And there are stories that are written down by historians that as those disciples are walking off to be crucified, some of them just like Christ, they are screaming the name of Jesus. They're not fearful at all. What happened? They bought in to the mission that God had called them to. They couldn't be afraid. There was too much at stake. They couldn't just stay put and not talk to people because they saw something that changed their life and they had to be part of this movement called Christianity. They marked themselves by how they love people. Now, let me just say this and I'm done. And this might get me in trouble, but I'm a little feisty today, okay? So I, you know, you can send your emails in, it's okay. But can I just tell you something? Here's what I just learned. I, I'm just, you know, you know, humor me, free counseling for me. But let me, come on. You know what the last two years, like I just, I've just learned a little bit. I'm not saying I figured it all out and I'm not a guru of culture. No, I'm, I'm like you. Like I, I'm, I'm trying to follow Jesus the best I can. I'm a husband, I'm a dad, and we're living on certain times. And I don't know, you know, what the rest of the day brings or tomorrow for that matter. And I get it, our country and all this, but I'm just telling you, here, here's what I have to wrestle through. So I just talk about me. We, let's not kid ourselves. We, we will have this conversation about fear and we go, we're doing great. You wanna know why you felt like you were doing great maybe for the last two years? Because you didn't really need God to show up all too often to provide for your needs. We gotta own that. The reality in which we live, this is not the reality of the world. 
And I'm just telling you, when you sprinkle a little uncertainty in the mix of some rich people who believe in Jesus, we freak out. And if you don't think that's true, then we could get coffee. I could tell you some stories. And we gotta be really careful because here's what we do. We, we take like our comfort of life. There's a way of life that we like. There's cars we like to drive and houses we like to live in. And there's a certain amount of money that we like to have in the bank. And you, you know, we just like this. And then uncertainty comes in and all of a sudden, every conversation about everything in the context of our culture has to deal with religion and Jesus and friends. I just don't think it does. But here's what we do. We, we sprinkle you know, religion on that conversation and we sprinkle nationalism on that conversation. And then all of a sudden we deem what it looks like to be afraid or not afraid. All these decisions that you had to make in the, make in the last two years and, and you've made it because you know, you're a Christian and, and this and that, and then you roll into other people. I can't tell you how many people rolled into my life and said, why are you so afraid? And I said, I didn't know I was afraid. I thought you were a Christian. I thought I was too. I don't know what's going on right here. And they're saying, no, you can't be a Christian if you do this. And I go, I didn't realize masks had anything to do with salvation. Dang, they should have written that down. Yeah, it does. Whoa. You know what I learned? That the people that are running around telling you that you're afraid in and of themselves are the ones that, who are afraid. They're afraid that their way of life is about to change in friends. It just might. But it's been changing for 2,000 years. And you have not been called, listen, you have not been called as followers of Jesus to get in, listen, you're not gonna change the world through political reform. You're not gonna change it by posting on Facebook about where you stand on with the mass. You're not gonna change the world by taking a stance on which you could get a shot or not get a shot. And you're welcome to have all those opinions and you should, but you know how the world changes when people choose not to be afraid and instead love. You want to get the shot and I don't, I love you and I want to be as close to you as I can. You want to wear a mask and I don't, I love you and I want to be as close to you as I can because here's the thing, there's a guy who claimed to be the son of God who died and he came back from the dead and it changed my life. Masks won't. Shots won't. Jesus will. Jesus will. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I don't know what the rest of the day brings. I don't know who's gonna be our next president. I don't know the next war. I don't know the next pandemic. I don't know the next housing crisis. I don't know the next phone call that you're gonna get that's gonna drastically change your life, but here's what I do know. The guy who said, you don't have to be afraid of that, I believe it. And even if in this life you die because of one of those things, even Jesus defeated death. He owns the market. And that guy said to his guys 2,000 years ago, boys, this is really hard. But when you have every reason to be afraid, don't because I'm not. I get it, you're scared of the wind, I can talk to the wind. 
I know that disease is scary, but listen, I control all things. I know death is frightening, but I defeated it. You're okay. You keep moving forward. And when you keep moving forward in the world that's uncertain, the world takes notice. And now all of a sudden we get to participate in the mission that God has called us to. Why are you so joyful? Why are you not freaking out when the world's freaking out? Here's why, because God told me I don't have to. And life is better when you don't. Yeah, but isn't life hard? Oh man, it is hard. There's days I cry, I plead with the Father. There's situations and tensions that I pray that will be resolved one day, but here's the thing, I keep moving forward. We don't have to be afraid, even when there's something to be afraid of. Here's the last thing. I saw this quote this week. This is Frederick Beekner. He's a pastor, a theologian. I think he's still alive. He's well into his 90s. I just read this quote and I was like, there it is. Very simple, (laughs) hard to live out. He said this, here's the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. Beautiful. Are there some incredible moments in this life? Absolutely. Moments I'll never forget. Camping with my family, hearing my girl going, Dad, I'm freaking out over here. I'll never forget it. And will there be some tough days for that girl? Absolutely. Absolutely. And my role as a dad is not to protect her from everything in this world, although I do my best. It's to prepare her for a world that is filled with beauty and also pain. And to know that we have a choice to make. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to worry. Because God is who he says he is. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for the opportunity this morning. Man, I'm preaching to myself. Would you help me to not be afraid when there are things that enter in that are very, very difficult to work through, to manage? I'm very aware of how I would like my life to go. And if I could choose, I would take out all the pain and all the scariness and all the anxiety and all the worry, and yet in the very next breath, I'm very aware this is where you do some of your best work. So would you continue to mold me in the midst of uncertainty to love like you? Would you help our church? Would you show us and lead us to the places and to the people who are living in an uncertain world who are very likely freaking out this morning? that we might be able to live something out in front of them that is far different, not to avoid, not to ignore, but to acknowledge that even in the world that is scary, we don't have to be. That your love will rise and that people will see there's something far greater to live in and to live through. Father, we thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.